than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666-mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal Whole lot of screaming going on. Lots of screaming. I mean, it is, it is October. That's true. It yeah. is. I mean, if you're going to be screaming like that, like you're killing somebody, fuck then yeah, dude. October. October's a good time. And to it do got it. cold as fuck in this bitch quick. It did, dude. <laughs> it did. Uh, I turned the AC on a little bit so it wasn't too stuffy right, in here. Right, right. It's pretty nippy in here now, but. It no, I mean be... outside in general. Oh, no, Jesus outside Christ. for sure. But in here, it is a little fucking. My nips could probably cut glass right now. <laughs> right, right. So, other than that, it's episode 27. <laughs> so, fuck yeah. Hell uh, yeah, dude. Just rolling on through this shit. Uh, 26, though, was a good one. Yeah, I got some good feedback about the shakers. So We did. Yeah. Hell we yeah. We did. Yeah, we did get a lot of uh, people commenting that they liked it, want to do more ghost hunts. Yeah, like the little change of pace thrown in there, whatever. Yeah, so I think that's awesome. We'll read a comment at the end of the episode where we talk or somebody sent a message or commented about that very thing so right right we'll talk about that but yeah it was great to go up to milwaukee and we had talked a lot about it and so to have the episode finally put together yeah that was awesome come to fruition i really liked it too i actually listened uh, from beginning to end because it was such a different type of show for us yeah and i was really pleased with the way it turned out um and i hope you know you guys dug it it looked like we got a lot of listens it did look like that so that's cool um and probably broadening the base a bit with some maybe new bodies in here listening so everybody out there that's new uh to the murder metal mayhem podcast uh, you guys are very welcome (laughs) and in for a treat of treats because this is definitely not the normal podcast i can guarantee <laughs> uh we do some crazy shit but uh but back, yeah back to our basic basic situation that we do just a right. little touch different not- yes yeah we're doing something it was funny because a, a, a listener had commented about this and i had been thinking about it, it was a weird coincidence about doing the classic like horror movie style killers and shit yeah the monsters and killers you know Slash freddy krueger michael yeah. myers you know that kind of thing and then talk about what inspired the writer or the creators to of use that. that character yeah bring that character upon yeah and there's some pretty cool stories in this batch i think that you guys are gonna dig so. yeah trying to keep with the horror theme so we'll talk more about that um we got two killer interviews this week, though, dude. What's yeah? The we got first Lee one? Harrison with Monstrosity, also plays guitar for Terrorizer, dude. Yeah, that cat would just be getting it, dude. Dude, this shit's ridiculous, man. I told you I've been jamming the shit out of that new Terrorizer album. Fuck yeah! And so we're gonna have an interview, ten minutes of the interview or so uh, with Lee. Uh, great interview, and then we've got the whole thing as another bonus. Be, yeah, yeah, posting that here. Uh, I like doing the I like doing the whole interviews as a separate entity in itself. I do too. I like it. Not everybody wants to hear like twenty five thirty minutes, you know, of one thing like that. Right. So we give you a little taste, and then we put the whole thing as a separate bonus, so you can listen to the whole thing if you want. Yeah. Boom. And uh, we did the one with Crotch Ripper uh, this week. We released that bonus, so. 
If you Fuck missed yeah. it, it go like check he, that out, man. Looked like he got some good hits on it after he got put out, too. So, he yeah, did. motherfuckers. He did. I checked Hell the stats, yeah. and it's doing really good as a, as an interview. And actually, the other ones did great, too. The Joey Vera one was big. Uh, the Felipe. Yeah, for sure. The Lalcazar one was good. Uh, the Death by Metal guy. So we've done some. So if you're not familiar with those, go back go and scroll out, through, because there's some good ones in there that we did that are longer than what we would use in a show. So, um, But the other one with Brian Ward, uh, who's the guy behind the Dark History and Horror Convention coming up Which next Which we're going to be at. Yeah, we're going to be there. So you need to fucking be there. And we're going to talk about that with Brian, who is really into it. I mean, he's just so fucking into this shit. It's Hell great. Yeah, dude. And he's just hardcore about getting as many people and... Uh, you know, he's got actors and just all kinds artists, of crazy. because you're doing your book as well. So. Yeah, I'll have books there. So he's got authors and all kinds of people there. So we'll talk more about that with the interview with Brian. But, yeah, we're going to be there. So we're going to keep talking about that beyond this. Uh, so 10 minutes of each. And, uh, yeah, the, the Alex Crotch Ripper episode uh the interview is yeah, good talks definitely. about trick or troll trick or troll coming up in just a couple weeks yeah october 27th so uh we're hoping to both be there up there in yes, moline sir. definitely so, be there moline sure. illinois so we'll talk more about that now before we get ready to start talking about these uh fictional killers and, and monsters the killer cage match we dude, got a good one tonight i am so <laughs> fucking pumped for this because we didn't do one last week, and I fucking miss it. I mean, it's, it's so cool hilarious. because we get you guys to respond, and everybody goes like crazy. Like we have numbers, like numbers, ten numbers. different people commenting. It's like we only well, need we got the four first two, so yeah. So we picked two, and that was uh, you know really good. Uh, I don't know if we've got I've, Dathan. That's it, Dathan and Angle, Holly Joe and Holly Joe. Thanks, guys, for being the first two. Uh, to comment with numbers and we'll talk about that but this week though it's going to be an amazing one uh with jerry brudos he loved his shoes yeah the shoe <laughs> fetish slayer verse who oh our good old friend gacy you know it our john good old wayne friend gacy yeah i cannot wait for this uh and wait till you hear that the objects we'll save it yeah for we'll later. save that for the actual but the match, objects but... couldn't be more perfect for these two for motherfuckers these two perverted <laughs> sick fuckers yeah <laughs> Both bigger dudes, too. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, so gonna we're going to talk great. about that. So you got a lot to look forward to in episode 27. So get ready for it, motherfuckers. Yeah, Lividity, baby. Dude, oh. <laughs> man, that's from the new Lividity, which is so wicked. Dude, We've been so talking badass. about it. Um, Perverseverance, yeah, which is a really cool, cool interesting shit. name. Wicked fucking artwork. But that was Parasitic Fuck. Infestation from the new one. Yeah, so, so fucking good. Me and Cashman jammed a few times. fuck up fucking. for Lividity, man. Local guys. Great yeah, guys. Yeah, straight out too. of Champagne. Yeah, and Dave in Peoria. So, yeah, just the central Illinois band which is great um Fuck yeah now we thought this would be a cool topic to do um you know we had a a listener that had had posted something similar to this idea 
and then we had talked about doing something with like real yeah, yeah. Like the fake you know or fictional monsters where they got their inspiration from yeah. to do them pretty much yeah because i mean you watch a movie you know nightmare on elm street or it's like what? where the fuck did wes craven come up with this right. fucked up idea is dude? there like a real person that did that shit so we're going to talk about that and some of them are going to surprise you i think right yeah uh, really cool uh to look at this stuff and of course in the modern age it's really easy to Google shit and find stuff it's like super so fast. So easy to find shit. Yeah, now. I remember back in the day, man. There's no fucking way you could have ever done anything like this. No, uh, Did, it would have been so dated by the time you it got. It would have been yeah. so hard to find because, like, you'd have to go get newspaper clippings from yeah. places and all kinds yeah, of and shit. You're not going to find newspapers clippings about the shit that we like. Fuck no, dude. For not like that. Part, not know? like that. No. So anyway. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to pick out a few. Of course, we can't do them all. Um, we did have a couple suggestions, so we tried to include everyone yeah, we yeah. could think of, you know, um, to do it. So now, personally, um, I tend to like uh, the horror movies that are not so much the blood and gore. Not that I mind watching those, but the ones I really dig are the more uh, suspense, like fucking with your mind. Right, right. Like The Exorcist to me. Now, obviously, there's some the graphic stuff in The Exorcist, but the meat and potatoes of the story is is, just is fucking... actually about The Exorcist, which is funny. Which, it... It's called The Exorcist for a fucking reason. Yeah, actually... It's about him. The book is about his struggle dealing with his mother dying his guilt of not being there to help her in his mind he felt guilty right and they touch on it in the movie and they obviously use it with the demon or the devil talking to the that's yeah. his inner demon yeah pretty much. talking yeah, about his mom like and hell and shit but anyway um so it, it's funny because everybody that thinks of the exorcist thinks of linda blair and the yeah. flying off the bed but really the story is about that exorcist and his struggle within himself amidst this crazy situation yeah and obviously we did the episode not that far back right so So that was a couple episodes ago um you know that we did that and uh so to me um you know you want to check out that first week of october's when we did the uh, two weeks ago we did the exorcist one but The Shining was one I wanted to mention because I love that one as well. Book and movie on both of these. Um, although Stephen King had nothing to do with the screenplay, the movie I thought was great. Very different, very, very different from the book. But the character, the villain, the monster... Jack. Jack Torrance. Yeah, In Jack the story, Torrance. of course, Jack Nicholson, the actor. But holy shit. I mean, what a perfect... Oh, dude, casting. he couldn't have picked a better fucking no. person to do fucking the, the part, man. Not right. at all. Jack Nicholson. No, exactly. Amazing, was dude, made fuck. for it, you know. Um, and what was funny was at the time when that came out, I was like, I don't know, maybe almost in high school or right. not quite. And I read The Shining. My mom loved that kind of stuff. So I got my, the book from my mother, and I loved the book. And oh, yeah. I had just watched... One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, like in the middle of okay, reading the book. So, and I'm like, Jack, Jack, Jack. I'm like... Putting them together in your head before you even... Yeah, nice. I'm just watching him in this film, and I'm just like, that he man. would be awesome in that role, because he's fucking nuts. At, you know, as, as the story builds, he yeah, goes crazy. Yeah, he was fucking psycho. And so I thought it would be 
just amazing. And then when the movie trailer came out, I'm and like, it's Jack Nichols. He's like, nailed that shit. These motherfuckers are reading my yeah, brain. How they the need fuck, to, man? They need to pay me to, for the <laughs> casting there because I knew he was the fucking man. Dude. Had to do it, man. Fucking Jack Nicholson, like you said, in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He's just going crazy. And if you're reading The Shining and watching that at the same time, the progression totally. and shit, man. Totally. Fucking yeah, yeah. It was like hand in glove. So I really love those two um, as as characters. But the Jack Torrance one from The Shining, it's kind of funny because it, after he wrote it, uh, Stephen King, I think he met somebody, a friend at a bar, as kind of like a celebratory, right. like I'm done with another book. Let's get some drinks. Let's go drink. And while they talked, and the friend was asking him, you're know, like, so what's the what, book about? Inspiration you know? in the book, yeah. And he starts talking about it. And as he starts talking about it, he actually realizes that it's him. Right. He, he, Stephen King has been known to have had serious alcohol problems. Cocaine and, problems. Yeah, and he's supposedly all clean, and that's awesome. You know, yeah, nothing against him. him. I'm just saying that he went through some shit, so... It's almost like a reflection of himself. Now, obviously, minus the killing yeah, his family. Obviously, didn't kill his family. Yeah, <laughs> but, that you know, the re- the writer, the reclusiveness of writing, which he experienced right. in The Shining when he wrote it. I think he rented, like, a, a boarding house type thing or a, a, Got a bedroom in somebody's and house. And just locked himself in there pretty much. Wrote the wrote it in a very short period of time yeah. and was, like, immersed in it. So. Anyway, so it's just interesting, you know, how he might have been influenced, not even realizing it was himself. It's just subconscious coming out on paper, pretty much. Yeah, and he uses that in a lot of his stories. The dark half is a writer, the character's a writer, and I think that's interesting. As a writer, I find that interesting. That is pretty fucking crazy. Um, I don't think I that I could think of, I've done that uh, myself, but that you know doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying that, that's cool, you know. he <laughs> No, that, that is he cool. does it well. I know you've used other people you know, at least for names or something. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, um, the next one we got... Good old Freddy. Yeah, Freddy, yeah. man. Like, uh, the story behind him is freaking crazy, man. Oh, dude, this like, was the most nuts. interesting. I was expecting, like, some small-town serial killer, killer that yeah. used, like, a, blades a, or something. A knife or some shit. And he yeah. Just, but no, his fucking family came from Cambodia. Uh, I don't remember what year it was. But, like... Uh, the kid kept having these nightmares and keeping himself fucking awake and shit. Yeah. Just um, like, just like the movies. Like I can't go to sleep. And he's saying, yeah. because if I go to sleep, basically he says, I'm going to, the man's going to get me or I'm going to die or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there was that case where the dude stayed up for six yeah. fucking days. Yeah. And he was afraid to sleep because other family members had died in their sleep, yeah. like having nightmares. And so he's like, I can't go to sleep. Fucking yeah. no way, dude. And then eventually he falls asleep and he dies in his fucking sleep. Yeah. For real, he did. So there's an actual thing. I mean, we looked at this, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it's Jesus. a fucking total grind name. Yeah. Sudden unexpected nocturnal death syndrome. So yeah. now that like would be a good industrial fucking, grind. Yeah, yeah, that would dude. be a good name for that. Just use the acronym SUNS. Yeah. Like, 
people yeah. will be like, where'd you get your band name? Look it up. <laughs> yeah, sudden unexpected nocturnal death syndrome. Tonight at the... <laughs> yeah, that'd yeah. be fucking crazy. We might have to use that in a fake ad here. Oh, that'd be fucking cool as yeah. shit, man. Yeah, our new band. Um, there are claims, though, that there's more than 100 people from Southeast Asia, for whatever reason, yeah. had this happen. And so, very, very strange. That's but he read these nuts. newspaper articles... He said in the L.A. Times, there was like a series of articles about this, and that's what gave him the idea to it's do like, that. That sounds like a great idea. Have a guy in your dreams that when you fucking dream him, you're fucking really, it right. happens. If yeah. he kills you, you fucking dead. Exactly. The same way, dude, which is fucking, I thought was badass about the movies, too, and shit. Like when uh, fucking in the first one, when fucking, was it Johnny Depp? They fucking smeared all over the ceiling and shit, dude. Yeah. Fucking. Dude, the waterbed scene, that shit was fucking brutal as hell, man. Oh, yeah. I, like I was saying. <laughs> it's like, really holy need... shit, that he's dreaming about that, but it's happening, dude. Right. Like, I, need to, I need to watch that again because it's been a very long time. But, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I love the character. Um, another weird thing I found was Daniel Gonzalez in England in 2004 went on a killing spree over several days saying he was inspired by Freddy as well as Jason from the Friday the 13th movies, uh, killing one victim with a hockey mask on. Like, yep, taking this shit to heart. <laughs> he was all over the fucking place with this shit, and right. he was all inspired by those guys, he says, and yeah, he's a fucking idiot. It happens, dude. Uh, Dudes just take it to heart, and they're like, yeah. why'd you do that, man? It's all fiction. Yeah, because he's got like six life sentences or something like that. <laughs> fucking so idiot. He is a fucking fool. Um now, it's funny, you know, when you look at this kind of stuff, man, um, Ed Gein's name comes up an awful a lot. lot. There's multiple. And I'm sure, obviously, you guys are horror fans and people know, but right, it's just awesome, though. Yeah, I mean, if anybody out there doesn't know who Ed Gein is, you should check it out. But he was in the 50s, I think, up in yeah. Plainfield, Wisconsin, and... He was, you know, obsessed with his mother. So that's where some of that He's stuff comes from. a real from. mama's boy. Big time. And then, and she dies and he sections off her room. And so keeps like, her fucking body in the room and fucking. No, I don't think. No, that was, that was in the movie. Never mind. That was in Psycho. Oh, right. Never mind, dude. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, he just kept the room like exactly yeah, like pristine. it was. But the rest of it was like a total fucking shithole. Like legit body parts sitting around. Yeah, right. Shit. Yeah. When Not they just went, body parts sitting around. They were art forms. They were fucking nipple belts <laughs> dude, and lampshades out of human chairs. skin. Yeah. fucking ridiculous shit. he was ridiculous so yeah so so ed gein is an inspiration for a bunch of these yeah. and i know chris yeah. you know you you dig face, some fucking, fucking texas chainsaw fuck yeah dude, dude leather face fucking ripping around wearing the woman suit that was ed gein right that was ed gein he, like, not not with the chainsaw and everything yeah see they take which you know as a writer i i do the same thing you know you take a person's like a certain character trait of and somebody you build it up and you make them into somebody totally different, but they might have been inspired by, by this. That, you know? Yeah. And so, of course, he adds the chainsaw. The, um, the crazy fucking entire family. Yeah. So, that, so yeah, he totally inspired yeah, And the wearing the, the skin yeah, on his the face. Skin. You know, it's fucking sick, you know. And that's what Ed Gein did. He made all those masks. That's what, of course, the song Dead Skin Mask from by Slayer. Slayer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, there's, there's a lot of influence of Ed Gein into... Uh, some of these guys, uh, you know, Buffalo Bill, we talked about him yep. 
because he was also influenced by by fucking Gary uh, Heidnick. Yeah, goddamn from Philadelphia. Putting he bitches was, in holes and shit. Yeah, he was the one that chained him up in the basement and kept him prisoner and then dug that hole and yeah. put him in there. So, so he's a huge influence on Buffalo Bill. Yeah, and so Thomas Harris, who wrote uh, the the uh, Hannibal series, um, you know, I'm sure he took that idea of them burying or putting the girls in the pit and he makes more like a well. Yeah. And he lowers, you know, obviously most of you have seen Silence of the Lambs, but... You know, where he's lowering down stuff to her in a bucket and the whole putting the lotion Same on its thing. skin. He, he was a little more nice about it with the bucket. And he was yeah. actually giving him food, I think, instead of dog food. Yeah, because he wanted him fat. <laughs> yeah. Because he wanted the skin to, to have make some, the suit to be big enough yeah. for him. Yeah. So, yeah. So he was he was all about like he was taking him like Golden Corral and shit. <laughs> Why is that girl all that's, tied up with duct why, tape on her mouth? Just shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Load up that plate, bitch. You know? Well, that's why the one I can't remember. She wants her name. more. <laughs> that's why she was fucking staying with him and going back because she's getting fucking Golden Corral all there the time. You, I mean, fuck, you know, Golden Corral, you know, fuck. all right. That's some good stuff there. Although it is like white trash Mecca, though. Golden Corral. Golden like, Cor- oh, dude. You see yeah. everybody in pajama dude. pants and like dude. looking like. <laughs> They just literally rolled Dude, off the couch and like, fucking came they in got there. The, they got the, like, the cheese fountains and shit. I don't even use those. How many kids have uh, licked their hands dude. and had their hands in that I fucking know, I'm like, no. I know. There's certain <laughs> things I can't do at a buffet. Right? Like, so fuck. That's funny. So, yeah, I mean, these guys, Gary Heidnick and Ed Gein, influenced really all of those. Norman Bates, Buffalo Bill, and Leatherface, Leatherface. in some way, shape, or form. But I always think that's neat how they... Uh, how they come up with that stuff because i know psycho um the they uh, took the mom thing to heart and psycho really really big he read an article in a newspaper about the murders the gene and all that was going on right and he was captivated by it and he did take the mother part of it and obviously that that was was huge with norman bates that like he Huge with Norman Bates, loved yeah. it. Like I said in the movie, yeah, that's what I was thinking about the body still oh, in the right. bedroom. Right, right, yeah. Like, so he was all about the mom thing. So, and a lot of these uh, serial killers we've been talking about yeah, do have a weird. It's either it's a love or a hate relationship with their oh mothers. sure like, yeah, I, like I, I either Kemper. love them or I, yeah Ed Kemper he yeah. hated his fucking mom yeah I mean skull fucking <laughs> skull your mom literally literally yeah that's that's about as brutal as it gets I think yeah pretty much I don't know how much worse you could get than severing Jesus. her head and, and using it to to masturbate yeah, right I mean like shit. it was a fucking you know flashlight or something, right you know. and then there was uh, <laughs> another like. Freddy Krueger's Wes Craven, uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Right, that, yeah, you were talking about that. What's up yeah, with that? Yeah, that family, supposedly it's the uh, Alexander Swanee fa- Bean family, like 15th century Scotland, and apparently his dad was like a fucking a landscape or something he didn't want to follow so he took his family it's his wife he had like six sons like fucking i don't know like nine daughters like 15 granddaughters 16 grandsons and they were mostly born all born out of incest and they fucking just stayed in the caves in scotland slept there all day and night when motherfuckers were uh doing their travels they'd come out and jump them rob them kill them and then take them back to the caves and eat them 
like and then body parts started washing up on the shores by the caves and everything and people oh, were finding damn. them yeah dude it's fucking brutal wow and, like, we might have to do incest. an episode on that shit dude, dude that yeah, sounds dude, pretty it, sick it's pretty fucked up but yeah they eventually got caught and uh when they uh uh yeah, we can do an episode on that. Yeah. But yeah, that was sure. the inspiration for The Hills Have Eyes. And if you've nice. ever seen that movie, oh, yeah. it's fucking brutal, dude. It it's is. like the, this family in the caves, they're all inbred like that. But they right. also got re, uh, or radiation poisoning, so they're all mutants and shit. Right. And they are fucking brutal, dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's so, one of those ones that stays with me when I've seen that. Yeah. It, now, um Ghostface, this was one I wasn't real familiar with. I, I don't even know if I've seen more than one of those Scream movies. But it was inspired by the Gainesville Ripper. I had heard of this guy. I don't know how or why, but Danny Rowling, um, or Rowling, I'm not sure how we pronounce it. I think it. I heard somebody else do a podcast on him. Really? Well, yeah. he went on a killing spree in, in August of 1990 in Gainesville, Florida. He was a sick motherfucker, man. He was raping and killing college students and his thing was he would duct tape their mouth and hands cut their clothes off rape them and then turn them over stab them like a dozen times until they were dead and then just posed them in like fucked up like suggestive positions and shit. shit yeah one of them he decapitated and put the head on a shelf facing the body and he did it all with the knife and shit. Yeah, yeah. So up close and personal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's Wet straight work. up like scream. Like, yeah, he's going in there fucking people up. Right. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. So totally Gainesville Ripper inspiration there. Um, very gruesome shit though. Now the writer uh, Kevin Williamson had read about the killings uh, when he wrote the first scream in '96. So. You know, again, I mean, just like us, I mean, love the true crime stuff, and that's a the Gainesville Ripper is fucking brutal. I mean, you know, he doesn't have that high body count that you know, quote unquote, makes you one of the big ones, right? But, but it's still it interesting. isn't about the body count. No, I mean, we we dig doing the the more obscure, and I think a lot of people have commented that they dig that, you know, because yeah. you can go anywhere and hear you know stuff about some of the big ones, but. And and we're going to touch on some, I'm sure. We've got some ideas. Yeah, we got cooking. some ideas for different angles on it, too. It's a so, big yeah. surprise, by the <laughs> it's way. It's going to be cool, man. What it's we're going to cool. do for a certain episode coming up. So it's brace It's going to be cool as shit. You guys are going to love it. Um, Hannibal Lecter, for sure, is, in my opinion, one of the most frightening fucking characters ever, dude. For sure. He just intense as fuck, man. Oh, my like, God. There's no way you can't. He can't be because. Jesus Christ, man. It's Lecter. Yeah, and like we talked with The Shining, dude, the fucking books in the movie, like, nail it because the acting, Anthony right? Hopkins is yeah, he's fucking, fucking phenomenal, man. Off the fucking rails. Just crazy. The way he talks. Just amazing, man. He just, the eye thing and... Man, that scene in in Silence of the Lambs when Jodie Foster's walking yeah, into that enough. cell block. I can smell your guns. <laughs> I know that's fucking sick. Dude's fucking just jerking. It. <laughs> he just that might have been couch fucker, man. Yeah, yeah, might have been couch fucker. Flings it at her. Yeah, it's pretty fucking sick, man. <laughs> fucking gross. <laughs> and then when she gets to his cell, and oh He's man, just, hello, Clarice. Yeah, like, oh, so this dude's fucking, fucking creepy. freaky, dude. He is. I mean, they got him in like a fucking medieval dungeon with plexiglass and shit too. So yeah, like, yeah. god damn. <laughs> yeah, and the movie is so amazing when they move him and he gets yeah. out. Oh my god. 
and he does some just absolutely fucking crazy shit. Now, amazing when I when I looked this one up was that um, Thomas Harris, the writer, we talked about him in the Buffalo Bill stuff, uh, the writer of the Hannibal series. He was down in Mexico for a piece he was doing for um, a newspaper yeah, or magazine. Interviewing an inmate at a prison, right? Yeah, down in Mexico. And while he was there, he heard all about this doctor that was in the prison as an inmate yeah that saved this inmate's life that was like hurt in a yeah, like some sort prison. of altercation garter either way somebody got hurt and he saved this fucker's life right and he like totally like threw it down like stopped the bleeding and they said oh, definitely man. if he wasn't there the, the dude, dude would have fucking out, died, died. Yeah. so pretty crazy but his real name the doctor is dr alfred bali trevino and he was Actually, and and so when Thomas Harris heard about this doctor, he wanted he asked, to interview him about saving the inmates' life and shit. Yeah, he yeah. just thought it was an interesting story. But then when he started talking to him, found out what found he out was, why he was there. <laughs> he was like, "Oh shit!" Because the doctor <laughs> killed his gay lover and chopped him up and <laughs> chopped him up. And uh, yeah, he got a little crazy and wound up in prison. Yeah, that's fun. And he Dude. wasn't like a cannibal or anything. So but like, still, he murdered his lover and chopped him up. Right. And so, so that's like, brutal enough right there. Big time. And so, you know, we talk about this with these guys taking just something like that and just blowing it up a million yeah. times, man. It's fucking crazy. And creating something so fucking chilling as, as that Hannibal Lecter character, which to me personally very very frightening it's cool how you see how people find their inspiration like i know you've told me some of your stories but you're right yeah i like like seeing like reading or hearing how uh writers or filmmakers get their inspiration yeah especially for cool shit that like cool horror good horror movies right like shit like that it's awesome man yeah i think it's fun and interesting to hear and actually at the end of my um, uh, short story book creation of chaos i have a thing at the end where I explain uh, where I came up with each for story. The story, every yeah. one of them. Yeah, I explain what like the, the Jesus story. Tree, fucking yeah, all that. talk all about the Jesus tree that it was real, and so yeah, that's that's definitely one of my favorites that I that I put in that one. Anyway, uh, so yeah, it is cool to hear about that inspiration. Now next week we're going to keep. Man, you with- had something else that happened to this doctor, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that with the doctor. <laughs> yeah. He. Uh, he gets out in 20 fucking years. <laughs> 20 years for killing his lover and chopping yeah. him up. And he went back to practicing medicine. Like, <laughs> like nothing fucking like happened. Just out of prison for killing, yeah. for murder and just dismemberment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. let's go back to work as a doctor. Yeah, and he like did it for a long time. It was crazy. He may still, I don't even know, he may still be alive. Maybe not, because he killed the guy in... He killed his lover in 1960, so yeah, he's probably, so he's probably dead. gone. But yeah, that's so crazy. fucking crazy. You get out of Mexico, you go to prison for brutal murder, right. 20 years. Yep, and we're gonna let and you. And then out. you can go uh, put people back together. Yeah, you took one apart. You got to spend the rest of your life putting people back together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely crazy. So that's a cool story. Um, now next week we're gonna keep with the horror theme, and we're Gotta gonna keep do with it. one of the best. Uh, and definitely, you know, in that top three or four, uh, HP Lovecraft. Right. And the horror author. Oh yeah. I mean, he's very influential. Yeah. A lot of horror films, writers, uh, H- the whole Cthulhu yeah. thing, 
Oh my God! The video games, there's the authors, movies, reanimator, fucking yeah. There's authors that have like continued the Cthulhu mythos. We'll talk right? about there's that. Obviously, all you metalheads know there's all kinds of metal music oh, about H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft. Right, and we've got. Uh, I've been listening to the band Revocation and their new album that just came out, The Outer Ones. Uh, all is, about it is all about Lovecraft stuff. Uh, so. We're going to play some Revocation for sure and try to see what other metal... All kinds of shit. Because there's a bunch, I'm sure, because Lovecraft, very influential. Even, shit, even Metallica, they got a song called The Call of Cthulhu. So. True, true. Yeah. So it's it's very prevalent in metal and horror, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. So if you're not familiar with them, you will uh, next week when next, we do that. Fuck so. yeah, dude. King Diamond. King Diamond, Twilight baby. Symphony is with CK on the line. What's up, dude? What's going What's on, up, brother? Man? Not much. What's up with you guys? Oh, living this uh, cold-ass weather in Illinois. Yeah, right. How's it out there on the east? <laughs> cold-ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Shit sucks out of nowhere, don't it? I know. It's fucking beautiful one week, and you know now I'm fucking putting on my jacket. It's 30 <laughs> degrees, and I'm going to work in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck? Bullshit. Yeah, it's fucked up. Definitely, though, dude, we're throwing it down with episode 27. Fuck yeah, dude, it's so fucking good talking about these horror movie villains yeah, and shit. Yeah, talking about Freddy <laughs> and fucking Hannibal and all of those guys. So glad to have you on, though, talking about some fucking metal. Hell yeah. So we, uh, we've we got quite a bit to cover, though, because this time we're doing something that... Kind of uh, a double header, would you call it? Yeah, because yeah. we were going to spread these out, right? Yeah, we were gonna. We originally were gonna do um, because we're gonna do some Merciful Fate and King Diamond. We're gonna do Merciful Fate one week, then King Diamond the other week. But um, right. We had a little revision to what we wanted to do because um, next week. Right. Next week gonna be cool. Right. And um, I originally was gonna do um Lizzie Borden this week, but we're gonna push that back until um, the, right. the day before th- um Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Halloween. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Lizzie Borden would be a good one for that. <laughs> That's all right, dude. Yeah, I mean, we know how Chris is with the with the show dates. Yeah, man. sometimes my dates get <laughs> fucked up too, bro. It's okay. It's, it's all, a Chris thing, bro. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good here. But you got some. You're going to throw down some merciful fate knowledge. Yeah. Um... You know, Merciful Fate wanted to, at that time, they formed in 81 um, with Mike, uh, Michael Denner, Hank Sherman, and of course, King Diamond. They were in a previous band called The Brats, which was like a punk metal type of band. Right. Yeah, pretty bad. Um, pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty bad. I mean, you were able to get some of the, the demos early on or the um, bootlegs of them previously. I guess they released a couple albums in, in Denmark, but nothing here. You were only able to get the bootlegs of the right. Brats, and they were pretty bad. Right. Not badass, bad. Bad. Right, right. <laughs> um, so um, King Diamond, um, Hank Sherman, and, and Michael Denner formed something. with They wanted to be a little bit heavier. Um, they recruited a, a bassist named Timmy Hansen. 
would use the middle name Grabber. Right. And, and, um, holy and, shit. Uh, That's cool as fuck. What's your name? Grabber? Well, Why do they call you that? Because I'm going to grab her. was the, the type of bass he used. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Nice. Yeah, because some albums or some places I've seen him listed as Tim Hansen and then others as Tim Graber or Grabber. Yeah, just did. But I guess I guess it was a certain bass that he used to use, and, and the name stuck. That's nice. fucking crazy, huh? And um, they recruited a drummer named Kim Rudds, yeah, and formed Merciful Fate. And um, at that time, you know, there wasn't too many Danish metal bands, right? <laughs> um, I, I think like maybe like the most well known, probably before that, was the hard rock band. Um, golden earring oh okay right 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 got some yeah plus king diamond's putting like inverted crosses on his face yeah he's got corpse paint on with inverted crosses and fucking bones and shit definitely shaking it up yeah he's not doing no radar love or nothing actually actually he um he covered that in one of his previous bands for real Nice. Yeah, he had a band called Black Rose and you could actually I don't know if the CD still available I think I have heard it came out yeah, it came out under uh, King Diamond, and it's called Black Rose, the Black Rose Rehearsals. Yes. No and, shit. And um, the last song is Radar Love, and they do a killer fucking version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's kidding. funny. I remember that now. That's great. I have to check that out. I haven't heard that, dude. I'm yeah, definitely going to check crazy. that out. Yeah, it's um, it's some good stuff. But um, uh, Merciful Fate formed. Um, they weren't well-known in America Obviously, at that time, you know, they came out with an EP. Right. The Nuns Have No Fun. Yeah. Which, at one point, was impossible to find in America. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got it on vinyl with the full titties and all. Holy oh, yeah. shit. So did I. Yeah, I've, I don't have much vinyl, but that's one I do have. Oh, you have. do still have yours? I, I'm sure EP. CK has his. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, um... He's like, oh, don't, don't tell me. You no, got yours I, with like I, King uh, Diamond's pubic hair and a fucking <laughs> ziplock or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> He's like, actually, I kind of do. Three of them, three different color vinyls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I happen to have the CD, the cassette. There's an eight track here too. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I got I, the I, sheet I, music I, I, in this box over here. If I could probably do it, I would. Oh, I know you would. I know. I was telling <laughs> Chris great. about, I was showing him some of my new shirts. And I said, oh, dude, I got CK going on some new shirts, too, to add to it. So. <laughs> That's fucking yeah, awesome. Fuck we're keeping them in business, though, dude. Thing. Dude, we got indie merch. We're putting them in business. Keeping them Boom. in business, man. Yeah, I bought uh, three I shirts. That... I could have bought 50 of them. I'm serious. I mean, I had a oh, list. Yeah. I had a list. I'm like, I couldn't bear to not right, buy it. Yeah, man. that shit sucks. That's why I don't look at it. I know. I had to whittle it down, man. So, yeah. So, Merciful Fate finally comes out with the first one, which is what? The full length? The Melissa, which at that time oh. was only available like in Europe. And, Love um, that album. What, it wasn't available in America until um, Megaforce Records um, licensed it from Road, Road Racer. Okay, and and that was due to um, Metallica being fans. They, um, I guess, they urged. Oh, they kind of the pushed it. Yeah, I guess they urged the owners of uh, Megaforce to you nice. know check this band out. Nice. And um, I remember getting that album. And it had to be in '84, maybe early '84, and I put it on, and you know, Evil comes on. The music's good. I'm getting into it. 
And then vocals, the come on. It's taking it. Then he fucking goes to this falsetto. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, see, I didn't like it at all. I mean, I had to, like, keep listening to it, and all of a sudden, it, like, hit me like a like, fucking ton of bricks. Happening. Yeah. I love this, but it takes a while, and there are a lot of people that don't like his vocals. Of course, the ones that love it, it's more of a cult-like almost. Right, right. right. But his vocal style yeah, is think, so different. I've never does it. Yeah, it's one of those. There's some like here it or and there. Yeah, there's you know? some here and there I'll listen to, but man. Yeah, I mean it's totally unique, and it's one of those acquired tastes. Yeah, it is what it is. I ain't bitching. No, no. I mean the music's badass, and I, I've grown accustomed to his vocals too. I'll listen to it now. Yeah, but. I'm, but for, like a Halloween, but for a Halloween theme, you know, month like we've been talking. Yeah, 100%. King Diamond's the perfect, fucking man, dude. Because they're all writing about evil shit and dark stuff. And, and you know, at, at that time, you know, you didn't see too many fucking overt satanic lyrics. Like, no, they had a no. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that you was know, their whole shit. Melissa was very satanic. And then, of course, they followed that up with uh, Don't Break the Oath. And that was right. fucking I, devil I, pointing from the flames. And right, shit. yeah, yeah. Love that and cover. I, and I think that album was just a more a more cohesive album than the first one. Um, yeah, a little better on, production. On I mean, on the first one, you had you know you had some great tunes, and you had Satan's Fall, which was like a twelve uh, minute epic song. Love that. Jesus that was, Christ! It was yeah. pieced together by six different ideas from different songs that they just pieced together, and somehow it works. That's cool as fuck, man. But um, I think Don't Break the Oath, you have more of a concise, um, a little bit better put together album, better song songwriting. Yeah. Um, Cause and more... just great Sorry. fucking songs. You know, you got um, Desecration of Souls. Yeah, Welcome Princess of Hell. Yeah. Come to the Sabbath, Sabbath. the Oath. I mean, yeah, that's that's a great one. Dangerous you know, Meeting. The, the, the first song in the album, Dangerous Meeting, like you yeah. said, just killer fucking song amazing yeah it's nice you know, when an album comes out with a slamming song for the first song oh, too. Yeah. yeah like you get a new album you put it on and the first song is just like Kills oh it. shit yeah fuck yeah and this is a great opener to that one but yeah those two man melissa and don't break the oath you know for any fans those are like and they're i the think they're, they're like the, go, the two go-to albums and they're classics and I don't know if you remember, Pete, when I was when I was going through my heavy chemo, you came up with the idea of um, told me to listen oh, to, yeah. to, um, to Merciful Fate to during scare, my chemo sessions. Yeah, to scare the fucking scare cancer, the cancer away. away. Yeah. <laughs> That's and you awesome. were and you were wearing your That's Merciful Fate awesome, shirts, dude. and I was wearing mine on your chemo days. Yeah, so we were yeah. both like nailing that shit with Merciful <laughs> Fate. Man. That's right, you know, doing so your own my, kind of fucking my iPod, and I'd be either listening to um, "Don't Break the Oath" or um. Melissa or Melissa, yeah, yeah it's like your own evil fucking merciful fate exorcism. Totally, <laughs> totally. And I mean, then, it was so far it worked. You know, I mean, for the most part, I I I, I have less cancer than I did, so it's all good, right? Oh yeah, no, that's <laughs> great. It worked. It worked. So now we go from "Don't Break the Oath" and then and then fucking there was the a little, wheels uh, fall off. Little turmoil within the band because Hank Sherman decided he wanted to go a little bit commercial. Right. You know, there's and, never uh, turmoil within bands, right? That never, ever, ever happens. That's true. <laughs> that that's definitely true. <laughs> but um, I, I guess he wanted to go a little bit more glam and commercial. And um, King Diamond's like, "Fuck this! 
you know, I'm quitting. Um, the band broke up. He took um, Mike, Michael Denner with him, and he took um, Timmy Hansen with him to form the um, King Diamond Band. Right. right. Hell yeah, dude. You know, and um, 1986, he came out with the classic Fatal Portrait. Oh, which is which which you saw less satanic overtones and more of a storytelling point to it especially um the first side of fatal portrait is, is a little bit of a concept the second side is just um, a collection of songs oh really yeah but um it, it's kids it's, these days don't know what side a and side b are dude that's true, that's <laughs> true. Oh, shit, yeah. it dates us yeah <laughs> But yeah, I remember getting that album and loving it. And I had joined the Merciful Fate Coven, the fan club, when I got Don't Break the Oath. But then, you know how back in the day it took forever to shit, you know, when you ordered stuff? Oh, yeah. Especially, Especially from overseas. from Europe. Oh, my God, yeah, they, like months, you know. So anyway, I joined the Merciful Fate Coven. I was so pumped. And then I got a letter from Ole Bang, which was the uh, manager for King. I don't know if he's <laughs> still... Manager. If he still does it, but he was, he was the the band. He is still the manager. Yeah. He's, he's the fucking man. But anyway, he wrote me a letter and said, Hey, uh, the band's broke up, uh, but we're going to make you a member of the King Diamond Coven because he started a new band. And so I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, (laughs) I'm so into this, you know, like it sucked (laughs) so bad, you know, but then when Fatal Portrait came out, Totally fucking killed it, man. It was great. Yeah, a little bit more progressive sound than um, Merciful Fate, I think. Yes. You know, and um, I can, can, as not being a huge fan, like I can tell the difference between Merciful Fate and King Diamond, though. Oh, yeah. Like King Diamond's fucking wicked, dude. Yeah, much better produced, lots of vocal tracks, because those early ones... He might have had a second vocal harmony, but that was about it. Right. But on the King Diamond stuff, very theatrical, like with these less, crazy... Less, less darker, I think, to yeah. an extent. Yeah, more upbeat, changed some yeah. members, you know, got some different blood in there. You know, then he followed it up with, to me, the the, the classic Abigail. Oh, Abigail. yes. Abigail album. With the story. To. I love the story albums, and that's, that's one of those great ones, man. It's and, such a cool story. Well done with the songs. The production was great. Right. And like CK said earlier uh, about how uh, the side one was basically a story and the other side was... That's how I can kind of tell the difference between Merciful Fate and King Diamond because King Diamond was kind of a storyteller. Yeah, much yeah, more. Yeah, all, all, all his albums, well, since that, were always had had a, either a theme or told a story. Right. right. So, um, you know... They they toured. I mean, I remember seeing King Diamond in um in a place called Sneakers. Yeah, dude, that was I was there too. We talked about well, that. That was their first U.S. show as King yep, Diamond. And, and Mickey D had literally never been to the United States, yeah. and he was freaking out when he was there. And, and, and you remember the opening bands by any chance? Uh, yeah, Megadeth. I remember. Yep. Uh, and Blessed the they Death. Had, yeah, Blessed Death. But they had horrible. a hold. They had a hold Mustaine up because he was so fucked up. Yeah, he, they were fucking <laughs> horrible. Really they, bad. They were. They were horrible at that time. As a, they were, because they were so fucked up on smack. Yeah, they oh, were really what? bad. They were really bad. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Musicians in the eighties didn't do heroin, sir. <laughs> 
Yeah. Mustaine did, that's for sure. But yeah, but King Diamond killed it that night. Just such a great performer, you know. And, yeah. and just before I forget, four years ago tonight, I went and saw King Diamond. Yeah, I saw in that in my time thing too on Facebook. That's fucking Me and my cool. son saw him in St. Louis that same same tour within a day or two of you. Yeah, so. I, th- I think you saw him like two days before me. Yeah, that was great though. That was a good tour, man. He sounded so good. Yeah, that was killer. And yeah. um, so that after Abigail, that was the last album with um, Jenner and um, Timmy Hansen. Right. They um. They didn't want to tour anymore, and he recruited um, Pete Black and Hal Patino. Uh, recorded the album Them. Another great story. Another great album. The only issue with that album was the, the, the mix was horrible. Yeah. Unfortunately, that album suffers from one of the worst mixes I've ever heard, and an album with no bottom end whatsoever. Right, right. You gotta have bottom end story. in your music, though. Yeah, you have for to metal, have bottom especially. end in your music, dude. Yeah. But um, the, the story on it was great. You know, he continues kicking ass. Um, conspiracy after that one, which was a follow up to them. Right. Um, then they decide to reform Bristol Fate in '93. Right. Um. The reform was four fifths of the original band. I drank four um, fifths earlier today, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that, that yeah, he's like salivating, like Pavlov's dogs over here. <laughs> um, you had four fifths, four fifths of the band back together, minus um Kim Rose. Right. Um, I believe they had um Snowy Shaw as the drummer. Uh. I can't. I can't remember offhand. But um, they put out into the um, in the shadows in the shadows. Yeah. Um, I was actually just listening to this album today. I, I love it. It's a I great do album. too. I love those Merciful Fate albums when they reformed. I mean, they're good. Like the new ones after. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the newer ones. I mean, they're still old because they haven't done anything. Well, for a right. While, no, I get that. I get that. But, but yeah, then, the reform, ass. like yeah. you said, they kicked Hell ass, yeah, dude. But um, you know. They, they put out albums tandem between Merciful Fate and King Diamond. And um, at that time, I think I think the King Diamond stuff suffered. Oh, because they reformed Merciful Fate? Yeah, he I, was I just know. trying I to don't... do too much, you know, at one yeah, time. I, right, okay, that makes sense. I mean, he came out with The Eye, which was fucking horrible. Yeah, I don't like that one. Um, Voodoo, Spider's Alibi. Decent albums, but there was just nothing that really caught your attention. Some, there right. was something missing in the music. Yeah, it just wasn't. Yeah. It was just kind of played out, done it a thousand times, just kind right. of like phoning it in kind of thing. Yeah, but but the Merciful Fate albums, you know, you had after In the Shadows, you had Time, then Into the Unknown, Dead Again, and and Nine, and all those albums kick ass. Even though you know eventually it wasn't really the original Merciful Fate anymore. It was just Denner and um. Sherman and 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 King Diamond because again Timmy Grabber again, you know didn't want to tour and left the band. Right. You know and they got on grabbing bitches, man. (laughs) (laughs) I think his was with kids or something. He needed to be more stable. Yeah. 
It, it, it's hard to do that shit, man. Especially these underground bands. I mean, oh no, I get you it. You have to like literally like I devote your whole life to this because you're not making any money and mm. you're working like odd jobs and shit to stay alive. It sucks. I mean, some of I them mean, really e- suffer. E- oh, I know. Even they do. Ki- even King Diamond wasn't no during this wasn't making that much money. He um. So I heard a story that the, the way he bought his house in Texas was. When uh, Metallica put out the Garage Days Revisited album, yeah, and they did that um, Merciful Fate medley, yeah, he, oh yeah, I he used the he used the royalties from that to buy his house. Oh wow, no shit, yeah. Hey, good good on him, I guess. I mean, not I guess, good on him, and yeah, might as well make something out of that. Yeah, dude, no, well, I, I get I it guess, with the underground he, scene. I mean, obviously, he makes enough to to sustain himself and a, and a decent lifestyle. But you know, he's he's not no fucking millionaire or anything. No, no. And he moved to the U.S. years ago. Lives like you said, CK in Dallas. Loves yeah. NASCAR, which is kind of cool. that's fucking nuts, dude. Goes to the racetrack all the time. <laughs> that's and, cool. Yeah, he's, he, he's he a race, he's a racing fanatic. Yeah, he loves it. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's kind of like know, fucking then, um, Alice Cooper loves golf. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, but what? but Alice Cooper loves golf because he was he, he, that that's what he did after he got sober because he was such a fucking junkie and alcoholic. Well, he, he, well, he was he's such an alcoholic. He he's, he was about ready to die. Right, damn. So no, he had no choice but to get off the shit and find something else to be addicted to, and I guess it was golf. But you know, King Diamond had had his health issues too. You know, he had the the triple bypass. Few years yes. back, I guess, and he quit smoking too. Yeah, and he sounds great. His voice sounds because he amazing. Has, he sounds a lot better than he ever did. Yes, for sure. Well, very uh, cool. And, Anything else and, you wanted to add to that? You know, during that time, I did see uh, Marcel Fate a couple times live, um, and and they were phenomenal. That's cool. Yeah, I did I not get to see him on those. Uh, I've never seen Merciful Fate. I've only seen King Diamond because by the time I got into it, like I said, they were done. And then in the re when they reformed and stuff, I don't. If they played around where I was, you know, I was in didn't the army. Chance or, didn't, yeah, I was doing the army. Right. They, they actually played in. You know, believe it or not, they played in Danbury. Twice. Oh, no way. Hey, oh, Pete, now good. I think CK's bragging at you, being like, I saw a motherfucker. Look. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all right. That's all right. He's <laughs> yeah. seen a lot of shows. We both have, for sure. But, yeah, you got me on Merciful Fate. <laughs> Hell, yeah, dude. But, uh, yeah, we're going to keep you uh, over here, CK. So we're going to, um, if you're done, we're going to move on to uh, some other stuff here. Um, we got the got trick or troll coming up, uh, dude. dude. Trick or troll is going to be wicked, man. Saturday, October 27th. If you remember, uh, yeah. two weeks ago, we played the Alex uh, from Crotch Ripper interview segment. Right, segment. Now the whole interview is out. Right. And Trick or Troll is coming up, like you said, the 27th of October. Yeah, he's got a great lineup of bands. It's going to be killer. Yeah. Death we got, obviously, Grindcore. Crotch Ripper. Got right. some Goremonger, Bill Knight and Nazi Spy. Necro Cannibal, Cannibal, Last Grinder. Yeah. Uh, how do you like fuck. that shirt? I actually wore it to my in-laws the other day. Yeah, they still didn't Tried say to- anything. Nobody said nothing. He's been trying to get people to comment on his shirt. He's like sitting there all mugging with the shirt. Nobody says anything. Come on, bitch. Nobody said he's saying anything. Asshole. They might be scared of you, man. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. That's fucking awesome. I don't know, but 
But yeah, man, Trick or Troll, you can go on Facebook and, and search Trick or Troll and you'll find yeah, it. And Trick thank you again, Freak. Alex, for doing the interview with us, brother. Yeah, totally. And speaking of interviews, man, uh, did one here with with Lee Harrison, the drummer of Monstrosity. Oh, my God. Can and, I throw something in real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, Pete. No, it's I all just right. figure, like, just one short thing, just uh, coming up on the 24th of October. Okay. There's a free show there in Bloomington at Meltdown Creative Works on Washington Street. It's uh, Chalk Upon a Broken Throne, Arabius, and Indulge Devour. They're playing. It's a free show. Nice. At Create uh, Meltdown Creative Works. In Bloomington, in Illinois. In Bloomington, Illinois. Anybody wants to go, go check them out. Fuck yeah. Get it in. Awesome. Awesome. And so, yeah, Lee Harrison, man, the drummer uh, for um, Monstrosity, but also the guitar player for Terrorizer. Dude, CK, have you heard that new Terrorizer? I got it. It's fucking sick. Dude, it, <laughs> you, you been, probably got it on sick. vinyl already. Jamming it, dude. It's ridiculous. I forgot. Yeah, you did show me that picture. That you got terrorizer yeah. on CD. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> That's amazing, though. So, Lee, nice guy. Uh, he was nice enough to do a, a Skype interview. And uh, we're going to play like 10 minutes of it and then release it as its own bonus and, episode yeah. so you can hear the whole thing. But uh, definitely, you got to appreciate this guy, man. He is multiple band talent, like journeyman, man. He's yeah, been doing definitely this journeyman. Shit. For the long haul, since the late 80s, been fucking out there slinging it, and you gotta love it, man. Down Based down in Florida, they're good buddies with Obituary, and all those guys down there, he talks about that. So. Yeah, so it's a good interview, man. All right. he's got, I believe he's got a side project with the Tardy Brothers as well. He does. He, yes, he 100% does. He does. He, he talks, talks about that, yeah. He does talk about it, so we'll... Uh, We'll let uh, the listeners check out this interview, so hang tight. All right, I'm doing this Skype interview with Lee Harrison, drummer for the death metal band Monstrosity. Lee, thanks for taking time out to do this with Murder Metal Mayhem. We love the new album, man. We've been playing it, and it kills. Uh, just appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thank you. We're happy to have it finally out. Oh, I can imagine... Uh, <laughs> I I I I read somewhere where you referred to it as the masterpiece of masterpieces of the monstrosity universe and for you what makes it stand out among all the rest cuz you guys have some killer releases for sure so what is it about this one other than um, it being new you know, just the newness and and the production you know I mean it's just the bass response on it is you know, pretty sick compared to the other albums, you know, just, oh, uh, yeah. it's very thick and uh, beefy sounding. So that kind of right off the bat and just, you know, we just put a lot into it. So we know it's, uh, we know it's a good one. We yeah. made sure of it. Yeah, no, it was great, uh, listening to it. Cause I know everybody's been waiting and obviously you guys probably as well. Now, this new album that we're talking about for everybody listening, Passage of Existence, uh, it's incredible, and it's been 11 years since your last album, um, so how does it feel to be back in the in the trenches with Monstrosity again? Honestly, it doesn't feel like anything's changed, to be honest, you know, because I'm just still working, just plowing ahead, you know, it's not like I stopped working in those 11 years, you know, I, I, I did other things and, you know, worked on other projects and stuff, but... 
for the man, you know, for the most part, every, you know, monstrosity was still going and I was still putting all the energy in, into it. It was just a matter of, you know, you just weren't seeing us out in the public eye. We weren't doing a lot of press. I'd kind of taken the band off the road just so we could focus on the album and, you know, kind of give a little, you know, a little break away from the scene, I guess, just so that, you know, when we come back, it would be fresh and, you know, uh, we didn't think it would take this long. That was, that's one thing, you know, but, uh, we're, you know, it's good. You know, there's some bands out there, you know, we could have just burned it up the scene and just, you know, like, you know, every gig that we can and, and, and do all that. But it probably, you know, that would have taken even longer to get the album done. I'm sure. Right. Right. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, we, uh, you know, we took our time writing, the, you know, writing it in the band room, making sure all the songs uh, were solid. We had, you know, like 11 songs written in about 2013. And uh, there was a few of them that still needed endings and like, the you know, finishing touches. But for the most part, it was written by uh, um, 2013-ish. And then it took us a while to, you know, finish you know the the odds and ends and then figure out the studio situation uh then once we did that it took you know we did the drums and i don't know it just took the guys a while to get their guitars done you know real we had done the guitars actually before we did the drums but mark english ended up kind of going back and redoing all the guitars anyway so oh wow yeah i saw you guys did it three different studios with the vocals being done at obituaries right. redneck studios was, which is cool that's that's pretty awesome that was a case of just you know we didn't really have a room for uh track and vocals we had you know we used mark's studio for all the strings but that's not really a live microphone that's pretty much going direct into the computer so right um so as far as having a lot you know the his room's just too bouncy and too you know it's got tile floors and stuff it just doesn't work for vocals but right so that's why the obituary thing came and in, came into play and that's how that worked out um they had offered me to come anytime i want because you know i jam with them too on the tardy brothers project right and uh so they told me anytime I want to come out, you know, just let them know. And it kind of worked out, you know, where it's like, oh, why don't we just do this at obituaries and, you know, it'll be cool. Yeah. Know? Oh, it sounds wicked, man. I mean, you couldn't have, like you said, the production. I mean, all your stuff, you know, as most bands, it, it, you tend to get better each time as technology and the skill improves, you know. But, man, this one, like you said, the production is top shelf, man. It's fucking great. Yeah, we really want, you know, we, me and Mark English are kind of gear buffs and production buffs and we care about that stuff. We're not, we're not like seasoned veteran engineers or anything, but we, you know, we dabble and we have fun with it. And, you know, obviously we need Jason Sukoff to, to bring it to the next level, but, uh, right. Your drums sound killer though, man. That's and performance wise, as well as the production of it, it's, yeah really really a great performance on that album and we took our time you know doing the you know we changed drum heads like after every song practically and we, oh wow yeah we really weren't kind of went overboard with it just to you know <laughs> as a bass player i used to dread the drum days in the studio like oh my god seriously this was like way worse <laughs> than whatever you can imagine oh i can't imagine yeah because bass is usually <laughs> about 10 minutes yeah it sounds good you know that'll work you know so anyway that's funny um 
Now, I see there's all sorts of ways that fans can check out this new album. I mean, it was on your website. You guys, of course, have it on vinyl, CD, digital. Um, got some new shirts, too, which are sick. That was actually how I first got a t- in touch with you was to see if they made the shirts uh, in the big sizes. And you responded. And I went to Conquest. And then in doing this interview research, I saw that you're involved with that and so I uh, just uh, totally awesome. But who did all the artwork? Because that's that's really exceptional. Um, the artwork was kind of another thing that dragged out the album as far as getting it released too. Just because, um, you know, I guess it's kind of our fault for waiting until the album was finished to start worrying about that stuff. I just didn't think it would take forever right. in a day. Right. But uh, the original concept was. Um, I had the Horror Infinity guy from the first demo. It was like a little antler dude, skull dude. Right. And uh, he's blowing in his hand dust, and the dust becomes planets, and the, the planets are the universe, make up the universe, and it's kind of all heading towards like this wormhole. That was like my, oh, wow. the sentence or the phrase that I used for every, you know, for to describe what I wanted. Right. So I, you know, told Mike Robichek, my singer, which he does artwork for Sin- and six feet under he's done shirts for megadeth and stuff so he's an artist in his own right nice. and we could have just used him and maybe we should i don't know no because <laughs> we, you know it just it all worked out in the end for the right thing but uh you know he did a version of it and we were you know we we're kind of going to go with that and then uh we were contacted by uh big new bilik who did the dsi he does all the ghost the band ghost he does their covers oh, so he's cool. like a known artist and he's kind of got his own little unique style and right. he had contacted me he wanted to hand paint something so our idea was to you know okay it was my idea mike robichek's kind of realized the idea and then this guy will hand paint the idea but unfortunately that is a big new guy just took forever he was busier and he went to africa for a month and there was just a lot of things that just dragged it out and finally i had to give up on him when uh Pete Sandoval, who I jammed with in Terrorizer, he uh, he recommended, or we, he was working on a shirt for the Terrorizer. He was talking with an artist, and he was like, oh, what do you think of this? And I was like, oh, it's cool. We should use that as the cover, you know? And, okay, cool. I'll talk to him. So he talked to him about that. You know, he's like, oh, well, you should use this guy for Monstrosity, because he heard me complaining about it, you know? Right. So I did, and sure enough, four days later, I have had what you have, you know, oh, wow. finished up. Yeah, that like it only took him four days to like actually do the artwork. So oh, that's amazing. Yeah, artists yeah. can be. Ch- I mean, all of us, I guess, are artists in different ways. But I've had my rounds with some too, and yeah, they're uh, tend to be a little flaky. And then some of them are just like you said, so damn busy that you know it's hard to you know get it all done and uh, got a lot on their plate. So it's always you know I don't know like a bunch of great artists or anything. So like you know for our second album like it was kind of the same situation millennium when we did that album it was like a case where you know i know a lot of people complain about that cover so i'll just explain it what happened was we just had the album done and the only thing we're waiting on is artwork you know and it was just a case of you know do we want to wait around another year to find some you know right same artist or do we want to just find something and go with it so that's kind of how that happened and then i see and we got lucky with the third one because that was a friend of Jason Avery's. He had done the eulogy cover. And so uh, we kind of had a jump start on the third album. So that was nice. But it's always been a case of just, you know, I just 
you know, art's just one of those things. I don't know a million artists. And, right. You know. Yeah, that's you, that's understandable. You go, the, you go through the usual list of suspects, you know what I mean? And right. You know, some of the guys are like, want three grand for a piece of artwork, you know? It's just like, yeah. Right. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Monstrosity the Hive. Dude, what the fuck with that shit? Uh, I don't know that shit. What do you think about it, CK? We still got CK on the yeah, line. Yeah, we got it. CK. Yeah. This is a first. Keeping yeah. him over from metal into Man. mayhem. You've never been on the mayhem side, have you? No, I haven't, I haven't I had think so. been able to tell a story live, so it's, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Nice. There you are, dude. So, yeah, yeah. so we're keeping you over um, because you... You have a fucking disgusting story to share that definitely fits the, the mayhem. mayhem segment. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm just um, going to let you tell it, dude, because it's a good one. Um, you know, again, for some reason, like one of my other stories, it pertains to my um, ostomy. That, right. Hey, man. Hey, you know what's awesome? <laughs> They're great stories, and you don't give a shit about talking about it. That makes I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's fucking awesome, bro. <laughs> you know, I shit in a bag. That's all it is. A shit in a it's bag. Ain't no big deal. I could be shitting right now. You don't even know it. <laughs> you don't, dude, honestly, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but but um, this past May, my wife and I and my in-laws, we had to go to a wedding in um, oh, no. Vermont. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, my wife's cousin got was getting remarried and... um. So um, we drove to Vermont. You know, it was on a Saturday. Um, I I changed my bag and everything the night before. Right, right. You no, know, I, I I usually go three or four day, three or four days, five days. I'm good to go before I have to change the bag. Right. You know, it's fucking May. It's a shitty day out. Rainy. It's an outside wedding. Oh, fuck outside weddings. <laughs> and the reception is at the bride's parents' house. Oh, fuck. And they have, for the bathroom, they have a, a, a fucking porto bot. Porta, they got Porta John out oh, there. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. You know, so 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 we get, we get to the... And for some reason, I don't know why... I thought of this, but I bought an extra shirt because I had my I had my dress shirt on, long sleeve. I'm like, if it gets fucking hot, I need something else to. to That's put smart on. fucking thinking, though, dude. Right. That's smart fucking thinking. You know, you gotta and, have and your fucking extra shirt, a backup. Yeah, and and you know, I'm like, because because I had a long sleeve shirt on, and I, it's what I have to wear to work anyway. So right. I'm used to it, but um. You know, we're at the reception. It's under a tent. One to begin with, I've never seen so many fucking mosquitoes in my life. <laughs> I mean, and they're just sucking your like, blood and shit. <laughs> it was just like an infestation of fucking mosquitoes everywhere. 
you know, it was a, like I said, it was a rainy, shitty day. It stopped raining, but it was, you know, overcast and it was a little chilly. No, so we're at the reception for a while. You eat, you know, my father-in-law Juan doesn't want to fucking be there to begin with. <laughs> right. So he's so he's fucking miserable anyway. You know, we went because my mother-in-law made him go. But um, I'm sitting there, and I start to get like this feeling, like um, my bag's filling up. Oh no! And I'm like. Oh no. <laughs> and and the thing with an ostomy is is you know you're going to get leaks. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, without a you doubt. You know, it, it's I part mean, of it. I have a know. sphincter and I get leaks, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's no it's no different than than you know shitting yourself. Everybody's fucking shit their pants. Right, right. Whatever, dude. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> so So I I mean I can name in 5 years I I could count on one hand how many issues I had. You know, right with the league with or leakage, whatever, yeah, especially yeah. you know in fucking public. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, something don't fucking feel right. <laughs> I had this like burning where part where my ostomy is. I'm like, I think I better go to the bathroom. So I get up to go to the bathroom. I had I had this like pink shirt on. Oh no! And all <laughs> I see is. Just this brown shit going throughout the fucking shirt. Oh, dude. Oh, <laughs> I, that's dude. rough, man. I get up. Laura's like, where are you going? I go, I got to go to the bathroom. So she's like, what the fuck's going on? She didn't know what was going on. So right. I got up and I went to and the bathroom. And you just went straight away, yeah. So, so I go into Porta Potty and she goes, you're okay? I go, uh, we got an issue. She goes, what's up? I go, my shirt is covered in shit. She goes, what? I go, I got a fucking leak. She goes, what are you going to do? I go, I don't fucking know. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I, I said, I have another shirt in my car, in your car. She goes, I'll go get it. She goes, gets it, comes back. Oh, I open the door. She gives it to me. Um, I pull off the other shirt, the T-shirt, and I clean myself off. Right. With, with my with, with my your own shirts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I go to her. I go, what the fuck should I do with the shirt? She goes, they going in my fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> fuck no, they ain't going in the fucking car. Goes, you th- what do you think? You're going to fucking bring it home and wash it? I go, what the fuck do I do with it? She goes, just fucking dump it in the fucking portal pot. All right, they're going to suck it up with a hose anyway. <laughs> I'm like, all right. They so probably like, pumped it out and it clogged it. They're like, what the fuck? And Some fucking like idiot fucking... put a shirt in here? What the hell is that? <laughs> There's a white. Well, what once was a white T-shirt and a and a salmon pink shirt in the fucking porta potty. Nice. Oh my god, nice. dude! You know, so I, so I clean myself up. I come out. We explain. No, I I, I fix the fucking flange on my ass the best I could. So so it's not leaking. leaking for the moment. Yeah. No, until we get back to the hotel and I can fix it. I can put a new one on. You know, so. So my father was like, "Yes, I get to go home, get to go back, get to leave." <laughs> oh, nice. So um, driving home, I'm like, I, "I love to know what people are thinking when they go in a fucking porta potty <laughs> and they see a fucking dress shirt and t-shirt 
Just fucking laying in there. Floating in the Floating fucking... in yeah. there. And this guy comes, goes into the Porter John and walks out like he's Superman in a telephone <laughs> booth. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's pretty rough. And, and as you know, I had my own fucking story. Yeah, with... I know about this one. This one's funny. Oh, my God. This was like two, three weeks ago. I'm at the gym and I, I shower there in the morning. And I was watching a video of uh, revocation, I think, uh, on my phone, like propped up on, on a towel or some clothes or whatever on the sink. And I'm getting ready and so forth. And I had to have bumped the towel and uh. the phone, like playing the video, like falls onto this chair <laughs> and then bounces like it was perfect. I couldn't have done it if I tried it a hundred times into the fucking toilet oh my god i'm dude. like oh my god so i go to get the fucking toilet or the phone and i got fucking i fucking shit and, and it was like still, shit in the still toilet. there i'm like are you fucking kidding me so i'm like i grabbed the phone out of the fucking water and the fucking video was still playing <laughs> but there was no music and i'm like oh fuck what are you supposed to do when your phone gets wet and all of a sudden the screen just went blank and it was like, <laughs> it was dead. So yeah. yeah so, it's pretty fucked. So I'm like, okay, I got this shit phone. Like, what am I literally a shit phone. <laughs> I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how do you clean it off without it getting wetter, you know? Dude, shit phones suck too. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> Every time you put it to your head, it's like, did I fart? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, this is nasty, oh. so... I did have to wet it down a little to clean it up, and so I did the best I could. But same type of thing with a T-shirt. Right. I had I threw it in the fucking garbage in the in the room because what was I going to do with it? You know, I'm not going to put it in my bag. So you should have thrown it in the fucking toilet. It's like I I, I could have <laughs> just tried to flush and be like, hey, there's a problem in the fucking bathroom, yo. <laughs> uh, I could have definitely done that. Now, did you have one that you said you wanted? Yeah, to well, like uh, <laughs> I'll do my youngest daughter. She was probably three or four. Cole was playing soccer. My son, we were at the soccer game. Lily had to use the fucking bathroom. So that, like you, like with you, CK, Porter John, I had to take my daughter to the bathroom at the Porter John. We're in there, and my dumbass takes my phone and sets it on a ledge by where they. T- you know how Porter Johns are. It's got that little thing that slopes down. For some reason, yep. I set my fucking phone on there by the fucking toilet paper. Well, Lily turned. And knocked it down into the fucking porridge on it. And I saw it going, dude. I saw it going. So I'm like right behind it. And it like hit the water enough that it splashed. And I got it in my hand. But it was enough to kill my fucking phone, dude. I'm like, are you fucking... No, and it wasn't just like my house shit. I... Fucking had to go into the portageon to get my fucking oh, phone. That's it was so fucking brutal, dude. Oh wow! And it fucking quit working, quit working. I kept, I got it. Ended up getting a new phone, but I kept it. And then, uh, probably six months later, I was like, "Huh, I wonder what this, what happens with this?" And I plugged it in, and it worked. I wow. used it for another six months after that. Nice. <laughs> you know, I think the moral of the of these three stories is you need to have hand sanitizer with you. You got to have hand sanitizer <laughs> with you at all times. Because we three are fucking you, disgusting. You need Kevin. some motherfucking <laughs> brake cleaner and kerosene, man. <laughs> yeah, that shit is rough, literally. So that was good three-way fucking poop stories. So hopefully the listeners were eating when they were listening to I those, hope so. You know? Yeah, I know. 
so nice chocolate bar or something. <laughs> oh man, I hope they're or eating fudge the fucking brownies. You know, fudge brownies, some Mister Good bar because you got to have the nuts. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, or or maybe some chocolate pudding with um, you know, maybe chocolate chips or some shit. Hey man, oh, wow. I ain't eating no more pudding, man. Bill Bill Cosby be raping yeah. people. Yeah, <laughs> kind of put a damper on the pudding thing, didn't it? Now uh, we did an interview. Uh, with Brian Ward, the guy that's putting together the dark history and horror convention that's coming up next month. Dude. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Yeah, we're going to have a booth there, a little yeah. Murder Metal Mayhem. I'm going to have some books as well. Yep. And that oh. one is Friday, November 16th through Sunday, November 18th at the Garden Center Hotel in Urbana, Illinois. Really nice yeah, spot. Real nice spot. Yeah, Brian's done a few of these, so this is like the third or fourth one he's done. But we did an there's, interview. Yeah, there's going to be other podcasts there. Oh, there's yeah. going to be other authors there. Yeah. Uh, he's got filmmakers. John Borowski will be there, I believe. Uh, Jeff Gaither will yes. be there, the Jeff artist. Jeff Gaither's going to be there, yes. Uh, there's going to be several. Like, I'm so uh, sad the hoes couldn't make it, man. I know. The horror hoes were supposed to come down. But the horror hoes were supposed, but <laughs> since the date changed, Yeah, they had to move the out. date of, the, of this convention, and it conflicted with another thing they had But yeah, on. no, it's still going to be a fucking it's, phenomenal. It's going to be amazing. He's got a lot on. of actors from horror movies. He's yes. got the chick. That played uh, Michael Jackson's girlfriend in the thriller, in the thriller video. video. Nice. She's going to be Hell there. Yeah. He talks about that. So we'll play uh, the 10 minute or so clip of that. And then again, you'll be able to hear the whole thing as a bonus episode that we'll post probably within the next few days. Since yes, the sir. event's coming up soon. So yeah, so we'll play that. And then uh, at the end of that, uh, we should be done here, I think, with the little mayhem. Or you think we've got anything else I to, think to share? Well, wait a minute, though. I think we have the killer cage match. Oh, I forgot about of. the fights, man. Yeah, so there are fights. So we're going to play the, the Brian Ward interview, and then we're going to get to killer cage match. So Fuck yeah. stay tuned for that. All right, well, I'm talking with Brian Ward of the Dark History and Horror Convention that's coming up next month. We've been talking about this, and Brian, I'm glad we were able to connect and get you on Skype and uh, talk about uh, what's going to commence here in about a month. It's crazy to think it is a month, but yeah, we're getting to the wire. Yeah, it's coming down to it, Pete, and I have to say thank you very much for uh, holding my hand through the... uh skype process (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's scary because like i said i just kind of got it uh well we started the show in april and i think may we started doing the the skype interviews and yeah they were you know it's intimidating when you don't know what you're doing uh wholeheartedly and so now you know i've done a bunch of them and you're you'll get it quick it's easy enough so yeah and i i can talk forever so as long as it's talking and nobody has to see this uh this right. mug then we're all good there you go there you go well it's coming up uh friday november 16th through sunday november yep. 18th at the garden hotel in urbana which is a really cool venue uh i know the date moved so if anybody's listening that maybe had this thing in their head a while back um definitely make sure you've got you know the correct weekend and that it's in, in urbana now so Yes, exactly. It was previously, I believe, the week before in Savoy. Um, this venue's considerably larger, and I uh, had last year's there, so they made me a deal. Couldn't pass it up. Go back to the place that everybody kind of recognized and liked, and 
Yeah. yeah. It was the 16th through the 18th. That's correct. That's awesome. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. And, of course, we've been linking to it on our Facebook. So, you know, it's easy enough to find Dark History on Horror Convention on Facebook. So you guys can get on there, you know, like it and, you know, follow it so you know what's going on. Because, Brian, you've been posting, you know, daily, you said, right? Yes, sir. I've been, uh, matter of fact, just because I'm analog and old-fashioned, I have my calendar for each month, and I've been writing down what I've been <laughs> posting daily so I can kind of keep track, and then we're going to just wow. uh, start blowing it up here in the next couple of weeks with uh, reminding and refreshing everybody. Yeah. Some that... of the tests have been announced, you know, a month, month and a half ago now. I don't want people to... Right. I was just going to ask you, there's been so many of them, but what are some of the... I mean, personally, I know Jeff Gaither, the artist, will be there, which yeah. I'm excited to see him always. Uh, John Borowski, I know, is going to be there. Um, yes, and, of course, we're going to be there, Murder Metal Mayhem, with a booth, and then I'll have my author book stuff there as well. So we're just a small group of people that I personally know, but I've seen lots of big stuff. What do you got? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and has – just on a side note, I'm sorry, but has Jeff done some work for you, Pete, for like album covers or anything? Yeah, he did. Don't he, know our logo. That's that's a Gaither. Design. I could tell it. I could yeah. tell. Yeah, he did our Murder yeah. Metal Mayhem logo, and he did the not the one with the heads, but the the letters. You'll be able to tell when okay. you look at it that it's his. And he yep. did uh, like f- four or five of the Low Twelve album covers when I played with Low Twelve. And when I ran the Heavy Core organization, uh, he did all those comp CD covers. I've worked with him for, it's almost 20 years. Yeah, he's just awesome. Yeah, Yeah. he's great. But yeah, Yeah. you've got so many people coming, but what are some of the heavy hitters you got on the list? Heavy hitters, we're going to throw you, uh, let's start off with Robert Lasardo. A lot of people might not recognize the name, but I guarantee if you Google him, you're going to know the face. (laughs) Tattooed from about his uh, chin down. Uh, Death Race 3, I think. Human Centipede 3. If you have to be in soap operas, he was on uh, General Hospital for a while. CSI Miami. Nice. Uh, My favorite was Nip Tuck. I don't know if you've ever watched that, Pete. He played uh, Escobar Gallardo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's him. Nice. I guess recently there was a psych movie, that show that was on USA. He's in that. Uh, and I, I got to know Robert personally. We've exchanged phone calls and messages before. He is actually, it's listed on IMDb now, so he can talk about it. He is in The Mule, which is going to be Clint Eastwood's last uh, oh, film. Oh, cool. That he Very he cool. He got in that film, and he's going to be really starring cool. with... Uh, Oh, shoot. Machete. Danny Trejo. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So who else you got him? You got, oh, man, there were so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> I've got him. I've got uh, Bishop Stevens is big and upcoming. I think he's had eight or nine films come out this year. He was in Empire, the TV show. He was uh, briefly in The Walking Dead. Okay. Uh, if you're into horror films, I, I believe Slice just came out. Maybe two weeks ago, it's got Chance the Rapper in it. He's got a pretty good uh, sized role in that. Nice. Getting ready to start filming uh, the Steampunk Adventures of Salem Tusk. That's by a Marvel artist. Shopping that around. Um, he was in Mom and Dad with uh, Nick Cage and Selma Blair. 
Oh, cool. So, they got yeah. a lot of pub. Um, yeah, you got quite a quite a, a list of the celeb types uh, oh, that'll yeah. be there. Yeah, what uh, are some of more of the river. offbeat ones? Like I, I remember the I was there not last year but the year before. <laughs> there were so many really interesting artists there. Some really oh, cool yeah. stuff. I mean, I was really blown away at the one table from the next, but it was all in that same genre, so it was just really cool. Oh, sure. I've got, uh, well, I mean, we've, we've talked about Jeff. Uh, he has kind of his little, little Louisville contingent, uh, Jeremiah Lambert intends to be there. Right. Um, I don't know if you know, Jeremiah, he has, a he does a comic and forgive me for not knowing the name of it right now, but it's basically, uh, it's a play on ancient Egyptian mythology, but with like a heavy metal riff. Oh, cool. <laughs> it. Oh, nice. Like a band that uh, oh, cool. has, has all that stuff going through it. Nice. Um, let's see. Zach Atkinson. Zach is actually, if you have seen the flyers, the uh, like the little throwback look to the Tales from the Crypt comic books. Right. Zach did that for me. Oh, cool. Uh, he's going to be there. Zach does a bunch of, I, I don't know my art that well, but I'm going to, I would call it like parody art. He makes, uh, like my daughter last year got a, it looks like a cereal box, but it's, uh, what's his name? Ryuk. Ryuk from Death Note. Oh, it's okay. Death Note cereal. Death Oats. Oh, Death Oats. cereal. Nice. So he does a lot of that stuff. He's got some Arkham Asylum type of things. Oh, cool. Cameron Johnson has done, uh, he's doing an exclusive piece for us. I believe it's a hundred or 150. It's going to be a miniature print that he worked up. I posted, I'll, I'll post that again. It's, it's going to be individually numbered and he'll sign it. It's going to be for the first hundred people through the door and then they're gone. That's that. That's, That's done cool. <laughs> now you got people, uh, music too. I know, right. Going on. I have, uh, yeah, that's the other heavy hitter. I've got Ari Lehman, uh, first oh, Jason. Oh yeah. First Jason. He's funny. Yeah. First Jason is going to be our show closer Saturday night. They're going to be, nice. I gave him an hour and a half. He says they usually, you know, take 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half set. Yeah. They're going to be playing Saturday night. Plus Ari will be there for the entire event. He'll have his uh, own tape. Man, he's got so much shit. I've never seen a guy merchandise, <laughs> barbecue <laughs> sauce, and all kinds of stuff. I was like, holy shit. Wow. Yeah. He's interesting. Yeah. I met him in. At the stuff. Indianapolis Metal Fest about four yeah. or five years ago, we played there with them. And, yeah, I was just dying. I couldn't get over it. He was – and, man, he can, he can move it, too. It was hilarious. Yeah, he was yeah. very, yeah. very uh, polished uh, showman. So he's he's yeah, just I a cool guy. He's been doing it as long as – I think he oh, says yeah. he's been doing it for, what, 20-some years? Well, whenever that first Jason movie came out, that's how long he's been – yeah, that you know what I mean. So it's it's yeah, just kind of funny. He's going to be there, and the, the one I don't know how many people are following uh, Facebook. I don't remember if I put it on the on just my personal page or if I put it on uh, on the convention page. But uh, I'll go ahead and throw it out there now because I don't plan on making the real announcement until next week as far as flyers and such. But I want you guys to have it first. I uh, just got confirmed last night that Ola Ray is going to be coming. Now, if that name doesn't do anything for you, her claim to fame certainly will. She was Michael Jackson's girlfriend in the Thriller video. Oh, nice. Nice. She was in 48 Hours with uh, Eddie Murphy oh, and yeah. uh, Nick Nolte. Oh, cool. So she'll be there? 
Yep, yep, she's going to be there. She, nice. I just got to, her agent just got a hold of me, sent me a message at 3 o'clock this morning. Nice. <laughs> and said it's all worked out, and we're going to be there. So Very cool. Well, that's, I mean, that's neat. That's, yeah, you got quite the varied, you know, stuff going on, so I would definitely encourage yeah. people to go on the Facebook page. Or do you, Is there a website you'd rather people go to, Brian, or just the Facebook uh, is the best or what? Facebook is the one that I – throw uh, that i throw all of my stuff on now right uh, of course we do have a web page that does have uh tickets available and that is simply d h h c o n dot com so d h h con dot com gotcha uh, really simplistic as far as uh an email address or, i mean a website address to remember we thought that was nice short simple Oh yeah, uh, and people want to get tickets too because I mean this. I think this one's going to be huge. I mean the 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 varied uh, people that are going to be there. The venue. little piece. Yeah. So talking a little bit with Brian Ward, you guys heard that uh, ten minute spot, and then we've got the whole one. We'll we'll post like we said. It'll be coming up real soon. It's going to be a great event, though. We're going to be there. Wish CK you could be there with us. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great, man. We'll just fly you in in like a <laughs> private jet. Dude, that'd be so crazy. Great. Mike could fly. I think doesn't he say he uh, can he do that? I think so <laughs> but he has to have somebody fucking a couch behind him when he's flying though oh <laughs> we, we well, gotta we gotta get um like maiden has her own jet yeah, yeah get exactly get exactly murder, murder metal. metal mayhem jet you know there Boom. you go now the last thing for the mayhem segment we gotta do killer cage gotta match. Do the cage match so this like, one though we like we told pumped. you before we got gacy and jerry brudos right jerry brudos definitely a perverted if you watch that show mindhunter on netflix they, uh, they had a guy play him really creepy with the women's shoe thing like i just like high heels man yeah he was fucking whacking it with the fucking high heel it was pretty rough the fact that he took him out of his teachers why does a teacher have shoes in her i don't know man yeah he was a weird one uh, he also had like breasts, like on his like for like paperweights. And oh shit. yeah, when he yeah. started doing the killing, yeah, he made yeah. paperweights out of the and women's he killed titties. Dude. Yeah, yeah. So he was a <laughs> fucked up one. He's going up against Gacy. We all know John Wayne Gacy, of course. Now, for anybody that's not familiar with Killer Cage Match, we post on the Facebook page. Hey, two numbers. listeners. We need two numbers, one to thirty-five. We have a list of killers. Got a list of weapons. Chris and I came up with 35 killers and then 35 objects that they can use as weapons. And so each listener picks two numbers, and there's your two killers, and there's your two objects. objects. So that's how this goes. It's a lot of fun. But, wow, when I saw the Jerry Brudos (laughs) and John Wayne Gacy, I thought, that's just fucking perfect. Now, because they're both fucking got fetishes in their own fucking they style. They do, yeah, because we know about Gacy with the handcuffs and the fucking On the rope trick. Yeah, and pretty the, fucked yeah. up, the killer clown and all that shit. And then Jerry Brudos with his shoe fetish, like major yeah. shoe fetish. Big time. So now, and then the, then the weapon of choice just makes it even better. The, yeah, exactly, CK. The two objects that were picked was a roll of twine <laughs> yeah, and then a foot-long vibrator. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck, man? So, I, and here's you te- my you issue. You texted me that shit when I was at work yesterday, and I yeah. fucking just busted out laughing. I know. That's what you said. That's And funny. here's my thing about this battle. I don't know what anybody else is, and I'd like to hear some uh, repercussion on it, but here's my battle. They're just going to get married. 
Oh, you think so? <laughs> yeah, they're just going to choke each other on yeah. asphyxiation. They're going to shove the dildo in each other's asses. Yeah, they I don't mean, care. They just I love mean, each other Gacy right now. might put the fucking the shoes on if that's what he wants. Exactly. Know? Gacy put the... Dude, if he got a big lady's shoes and they look like clown shoes, Gacy's putting them oh, on. Oh, damn. Yeah. So but, you're right, dude. I mean, this I mean, might the, be one these of those rare... Like, like, this, this might be a draw. They might like start choking each other or something with the twine, but then realize like they like that. Yeah, you know like, that auto asphyxiation. Gacy's gonna come yeah, auto, up on asphyxiation. Yeah, right. auto erotic asphyxiation. Gacy's gonna come up on Brutos and start choking him right. with a shoestring. Oh damn! He's like, it's a shoestring now, and then Brutos is just gonna turn and be like, hey. Hey, jerk me off. <laughs> jerk me off. <laughs> yeah, and, Ga- and Gacy's just going to be like, hold on. I want a piece of let's yeah. Can we switch roles, yeah, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I, think I this don't know. Be, I, this might be a draw to me. That they just don't want to fight because they're too much yeah, like buddies. In love. Shit. Like, oh, yeah. you're gay? Yeah. I'm gay, too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. we both like sure. to beat the and fuck out of And we got this you. fucking foot-long vibrator we can't put laid away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So somebody's going to get jerked off while the other one puts a vibrator up their That's ass. That's my there thoughts. You go. What are your thoughts, CK? So you uh, think I, they're going to fight I, I or they're going to like become buddies or what, CK? Oh, they're going to become, you know, they're gonna, like you said, it's going to be a draw and they're going to fucking find out that they're in love with each they're other. They're going to fucking find out they're in love with So that's yeah. a first here on the Killer Cage oh, match. Holy shit. So thanks for sticking around, yeah, CK. Dude. And everybody, thanks again to Dathan. And uh, Holly Joe for, uh, for for giving us the giving numbers. us those numbers, the good fighting. one. Yeah, hell we'll, yeah. We'll do this again next week. Terrorizer, man. Dude, all day. That new one is so fucking brutal. If you don't have that, Caustic Attack is a brand new CD. Dude, yeah, like you were asking me when I got here if I listened to it yet, and I have not. Oh. Just that little piece right there. I'm like, okay. Yeah, know what I'm doing. That song was called Conflict and Despair. The whole album just tears it the fuck up. Yeah. And again, Lee Harrison, man, as a drummer, is amazing, and as a guitar player, and guitar player as well, shreds dude. it, yeah, man. just killing it, dude. I multi talented, yeah, artists are amazing, dude, for sure. And you know, once again, you know, we had a great show, man. It was really fun having yeah, CK for a couple yeah. segments. He was here for a minute, and I really loved it, dude. That was fucking great, yeah, dude. That was we had cool. a good time. And and thanks to everybody out there. We've seen a couple of new countries hitting the top ten. We've got Ireland and India. So we might have to do hey, a man. world tour, man. I don't know. Yeah. It's the Loch Ness Monster making them do it. <laughs> and after the uh, U.S. Uh, on the countries list is Australia, the U.K., Canada, New Zealand, Sweden, Ireland, the Netherlands, and India. So... Hell yeah. How awesome is that? That's, That's pretty really fucking cool. badass. So dude, thanks, I'm glad guys. it's getting overseas, man. Yeah. And, fucking uh, worldwide, man. We're tearing it up. And I finally got the uh, merch list for FDA because Joey was busy. He just got them done himself. So okay. I want to get them posted up on the ship for everybody around yeah. the world. Check the Facebook page yeah. for FTA Records uh, lists of uh, shit he's got for sale. All kinds of metal, Good dude. fucking hardcore fucking 
grindcore, uh, thrash, Just death, whatever. all kinds of metal, man. Yeah, and for the top ten country or cities listening, Chicago's still on top, followed closely by uh, Bloomington, Illinois, Advance, North Carolina, Temple, Texas, Dover. Hey, Advance. Way to go on advancing. Yeah, I thought too. What's cool with North Carolina is they get the fucking storms going through there. I'm like, and they're just like fucking heart. Let's listen to some fucking murder metal mayhem mayhem and fuck some shit up. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah, Dover Plains, New York, and Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, which is really cool in the top ten. Danbury still in the top ten. Danbury, Connecticut, where CK, of course, is located. So uh, we've got some really good. Got um, some nice comments coming comments. back. Comments. So, um, you uh, want to read yeah, the first one? Yeah, I got one? you, man. Uh, this podcast is a shit. You guys are fucking hilarious. I and mean, that was from who, Doug? That, that, yeah, that was from Doug Simpson. And thank you, bro. But I don't know. If, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's good hearing from people saying yeah. stuff. Uh, like, no, for real. I don't try to be funny. I'm just an idiot. So you're probably just laughing at me anyway. I don't give a fuck. But hell yeah. Thank you, Doug, man. You're cool, man. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening. Sally Wilkins, uh, she commented, the killer cage match is my new favorite part of the show. I went back and listened to everyone you did. Please hurry up and make more. So, man. Thanks, Sally. We're trying, man. We're doing it every week. We're throwing up some bonus. We just did a new one tonight. So I hope you enjoy this one and tell us your thoughts on it, too. Yeah, it's all free content. You know, we're talking about maybe doing Patreon for extra stuff, but right now I can't even imagine. We're just having fun, man. I can't even imagine doing more than what we already do. Yeah, me and Pete just having fun. That's all we're doing. If people like to listen to us and they'll laugh a little bit. We're happy about that. Exactly. Don't give a shit. Now, this next one is kind of... And, uh, uh, Mama Death. Mama Death. That's what she goes yeah, by. Yeah, Mama Death. How you doing, Mama Death? <laughs> uh, she said, I can't wait for Dark History Con. I'm going now that I hear you guys are going to be there. Pete, do I get a kiss if I buy your book? <laughs> and uh, Damn. Huh. That sounds like solicitation, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, uh, Mama Death. I, it depends. You know, it doesn't know. I could but, try. I mean, I could. But try. probably. Yeah. Give me some sugar. <laughs> but no, that was funny, Mama yeah, Death. That's a I don't good know. One. I like that. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Now I remember. Uh, I'm not going to say her name. She's deceased now. But when I was playing in another band, uh, other than Low Twelve. We were on tour in Cleveland, and we had to do an in, a radio interview. Right, and this it was a female that we had to call and to do and the, to do the interview with. Yeah, yeah. So she was going to come and pick us up at the hotel and take us to the radio station. And so I remember, you know, we were we had been driving for hours, so we had a long day, and we were all like, "Man, I wonder if she's hot," you know. Like, uh, who knows? So anyway, I remember I had my back to the entrance so the the other guys were looking at the door right and so i saw and somebody's like oh i think this is her and she comes walking in and the look on their face was like oh my god and then one of them said i think she could kick pete's ass (laughs) she was a bad fucking bitch man she was fucking cool as shit but man, she was like fucking leather, fucking jacket, oh, whoop his ass, denim vest, patches, fucking hard, fucking core. 
Hell and yeah, it was dude. pretty funny. So Hell yeah, it yeah, was a good time. So thank you, Mama Death. Uh, Dr. Evil. I'm not sure if it's the real Dr. Evil, but it's a Dr. Evil. I don't even know that he's a doctor. Laser beams. That's right. He's claiming he's a doctor. <laughs> says, I wish you guys would do more ghost hunts, uh, ghost hunt podcasts. That was one. The one on Shakers was so good. It was a cool change of pace from the usual usual stuff, but I now uh, look forward to setting up a trip for my wife and I to go to Milwaukee and experience the place. Definitely do that, Dude, sir. Dr. Evil, definitely, man. It's definitely. such a great spot. So. Go up there and check it out. That yeah, is and a if great you guys place. missed the Shakers episode, it would have been the last one, episode 26. It was really, I thought yeah, it turned out good. It was so good, man. Yeah, we got a lot of really good uh, feedback from that. Now, don't forget... We've mentioned this now, Tales of Terror Live. It's an event coming up next week, Thursday, Thursday, October October 25th. That's right, at Night Shop in downtown Bloomington, Illinois. It's an early start, which is good because it's a Thursday, 6 p.m., they're going to have authors reading horror stories. Short horror stories. Creepy fucking music. Uh, They got a horror filmmaker there. And doing a thing, and we're going to be there. We're going to be. Actually, doing our first ever, yeah, like kind of live performance thing, yeah. And so it's like a kind 20, of 30 minute spot, it's going to be interesting, it's going to be weird. So, <laughs> so you could come watch us uh, be uncomfortable, but yeah, what we do know we're going to throw down is some fucking killer cage match. We'll do some killer cage match, out. yeah, because we'll have the audience there to call out numbers yeah. and we'll have some fun with it. So, it should be really good. Uh, Troy Taylor's going to be there too, the author, the uh. A paranormal guy from Decatur. He's going to be there. We're up right before Troy Taylor, and it's over by ten o'clock. So six yeah, it's to not 10. like it's Thursday, but it's not like it's going to be no. late, like two in the morning right. or one in the morning, whatever. Right. And Night Shop early. is a really cool venue. It's a very awesome venue. Yeah, we've seen Chalk there. We've seen freaking. Or you've heard us talk about these guys before. If you're yeah. a regular listener, but. Yeah, chalk there of uh, Venice collapse. Like, yeah, that's it, a great place. It's a great. It venue. is. It is. So. so it should be fun. And so you come watch us. I'll have some books there too if you want. And it should be interesting. So again, Thursday, October twenty fifth. And you could go on Facebook and search for Tales of Terror Live and then like the event. Yeah, and then so it, you can it, follow. You'll it. have a good time. Yeah, because Sue Rovens, the author from Normal, she's the one putting it together. Sue's great. And so we're anxious to do that next Thursday. So oh, I can't wait, man. So we got uh, wrapping this thing up. Thanks, everybody. Fuck yeah. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And your fist in someone's asshole. All right. Where the fuck is Freddy Krueger at, man? Oh, shit. He's listening to Murder Metal Mayhem? Fuck yeah, Freddy. Rock the fuck on, brother. Yeah.